thank you to Kenneth Copeland Ministries for sowing the airtime for this broadcast. There's enough power in every sick room and in every hospital room to raise up that sick one that may be describing you. Yes, you yes. may be in a sick room. Yeah. You may be in a hospital room. And I want to remind you, power is present. That power is there to do a work. Believe in what's present, not try to get something, but notice that he's already made it yours. It's present right where you're at. Say, I receive that power. I receive that power. I receive it right now. I receive it right now. From the top of my head. The top of my head. To the soles of my feet. The soles of my feet. Welcome. We're so glad you're joining us today for Jesus the Healer. And I tell you what, the Word never disappoints. And we're hungry for the Word. I know you're hungry for the Word. So we invite you to get your Bible, follow along with us. And just, and just as important, bring your faith. Amen. Join your faith to this Word that you hear. Amen. Um, we're, we're told in Jude, there's one chapter in the book of Jude, verse three, one of the things that Jude wrote, he said, earnestly contend for the faith. So notice this, this wonderful force of faith. We won't just float into it in our skill level with it. When, if we're to become skillful with our faith, we have to become a contender. Amen. Not against God, but in the face of anything that opposes our faith. Amen. That we have to contend. And um, look at these words, earnestly contend. They're, they're active words, aren't they? I mean, you read those and you go, my goodness, this is not a passive instruction. So we are actively engaging our faith. We're actively feeding our faith. We're actively releasing our faith. And we're seeing to it that our faith is making progress. Um, for our, our spiritual life needs to keep developing, right? I mean, when we're born again, we're not born uh, at the time we get saved. We're not born full, full grown spiritual Christians. We have to develop into that, just like it's parallel to just natural growth. A child is born a baby and they advance through childhood, young adulthood, you know, into full adulthood. Even so spiritually, there is a process to our spiritual development. Um, for that spiritual development to happen as it should, our faith has to be, our faith has to be developed. We have to become more skillful in our faith. Why? Because, um, we can't move forward in anything with God without our faith. So when we see this, earnestly contend for the faith. Um, that shows we have to have an active involvement in the direction of God with our faith, in the direction of the word with our faith. So um, to when we see this word earnestly, um, we think of someone who's earnest about something, they have an elevated interest in it. They're not casual toward that subject. You know, if, if someone is interested in getting a job, that interest level is going to show up in how they 
go look for a job. You can't just sit at home with the, with the, the remote of the television in your hand and say, I'm interested in getting a job, but there's nothing being done to walk that interest out. And you say, well, uh, well, nobody's giving me a job. Well, maybe you, the interest level needs to increase, <laughs> right? And sometimes we just need to stir up interest in certain things. And when I see this word earnestly contend, with this word earnestly, I see an interest, a level of, a level of interest, a degree of interest. And so um, our faith will flourish when we're interested in feeding that faith and releasing that faith and learning to become skillful with that faith. Amen. When we see this phrase, earnestly contend, the word contend shows us this, there's going to be opposition. If, if someone's a contender, there's going to be something opposing their advancement. And um, so we have to be interested enough in the growth and the development and the skill of our faith to get past opposition. And um, so we're interested. I know you're interested. That's why you're watching this and feeding on these materials because we're interested. In this word interest, it's easy to be interested when you're hot towards something. When you're heated up in the right direction, you know, when your interest in something is high, you have a hotness toward it. I want us to read, go to Revelation, the book of Revelation, chapter 3 and verse 15. Now, you'll remember um, this passage is when Jesus appeared to John and gave him messages to give to the churches that were in existence at that day. And Jesus gave John this instruction to write and record for the church at Laodicea. And um, this is what he said to that congregation. He said, I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot, I would that you were cold or hot. So then, because thou art lukewarm and you're not either cold or hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Now, when we read that, we go, my goodness, he's talking about being cold and he's talking about spiritually. He's talking about a fervency that if they're cold toward spiritual things, cold toward Um, the dealings of God toward what God's word would say to them. Then he shows cold and he shows hot, but he said, you're neither one of these. You're lukewarm. You're right in the middle. To someone reading that, you would think, well, it would be better to be lukewarm than to be cold, but not from what he says. He said, I would that you were either cold or hot, but not lukewarm. And we think, why would he say to them that it's better to be cold than to be lukewarm? Because something that's lukewarm, now we're talking about, you understand in in the day this was written, for them to cook 
for them to heat something up, there had to be a fire. Yes. Right? right? right. It's not like our modern day conveniences where you, and we do have a fire, you know, but sometimes we can turn on a spigot and get warm water. Mm -hmm. Right? right? And we can control the temperature. We don't want hot maybe, but we want lukewarm. We didn't have to put a fire to that, yet there was some, some heating element somewhere on that property, of course, that heated that to lukewarm. But taking the time that Jesus is referring to that day, for them to take cold water and to get it hot took fire. Right? They had to heat it up. So for water to be lukewarm, mm. it once had fire yeah. put to it yeah. Yeah. and cooled down. Yeah. Yeah. So basically he's saying this is your spiritual condition. You once had heat, you once were hot, but now you're not hot anymore, you're lukewarm. You have backed off, you have um, stepped away. You're no longer hot. And he says, I'd rather you be cold than lukewarm. You go, why? Right. Because cold never had heat put to it. Oh, cold never had the opportunity to be anything but cold. Meaning someone who has no clue, no teaching about God, they're going to be cold toward God. But someone who's lukewarm in their walk with God, they, ha they have come into a measure of knowledge and have not been hot toward it. They have just treated it casually. And this is what Jesus is talking about. He's talking about their spiritual condition. And if we are not careful, we will not be as fervent. We don't want to be mediocre in our fervency toward God. We want to be hot in our fervency toward God. Amen. So he's telling them their spiritual temperature was lukewarm. It's an indicator of their fellowship with God. It's an indicator of how they're treating God's word. It's an indicator of their prayer life. It's an indicator of their faith life. Because if a pan of water, a pot of water is lukewarm, all of it's lukewarm. Right. Right. There's not just one part of that pan that's hot and one's cold and one in the middle is, no, it's all lukewarm. So when he's saying that as a spiritual indicator, they're lukewarm, everything about their spiritual life is, um, it's not where it needs to be. So uh, he said, I prefer you never had any knowledge. I prefer you never knew anything about this than to know it and step away from it and not treat it honorably, not treat it as important. Amen. So when we talk about spiritual temperature, um, just look at it and let's parallel it to the natural. A person, if you ever go to the doctor just for a routine checkup, let's say you're not, you don't even have any symptoms. Even though you're not even there with symptoms, you're just doing a routine examination. They still take your temperature. That's right. That's right. They pop a, th uh -huh. yeah. a thermometer in your mouth yeah. or maybe they do it somewhere else on the body with in the ear or whatever, but they take the temperature because that's an indicator of the health Whoa. of the body. Oh. They can find out, is there an infection? Yes. 
they can find out if the, if the temperature is off, something in the body is off. Amen. A person's physical temperature is not going to change on its own. There's something in the body causing that temperature to fluctuate. That's true. So that temperature reading is not independent of a condition. It's connected to a condition. So with a person's spiritual temperature, it's connected to something. It's an indicator of some things. And so the reason, one of the things that medically they'll tell you, if someone is in extreme heat or extreme cold, Body temperature is everything because the body temperature, uh, it's an indicator of the health of the organs, that the the organs have to be kept at proper temperature, right? right? That they don't get too cold, don't get too hot, you see? So we protect our body temperature to protect our organs, Mm -hmm. right? That's right. Uh, Read those temperatures to protect our faith. We need to protect the the fervency, the hotness of our spiritual life. It'll protect our love walk, our faith. It'll protect our health. It will protect every single arena of our life is affected. Uh, Go with me, if you would, to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12 and verse 10. We're talking about spiritual temperature, right? Yes. Um, verse 10 says this, Be kindly affectioned one to another with brotherly love, in honor preferring one another. That means don't put yourself first. Yeah. Right. That's the way to have a sweet home. Yes. That's the way to have a sweet marriage. Ask your spouse whatever you prefer. You know, give in to one another. Well, he's saying in the family of God, it's the same way. As brothers and sisters in Christ, prefer one another. Don't put yourself first. Verse 11, not slothful in business. Look at this, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Serving the Lord. So we see this fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. It shows us how he wants to be served with hotness, with fervency, with great interest. What's this mean? All in. All in. in. Um, You know, you have to, you have to deal with yourself. Um, When you go to a church service, if you, if you're tired, um, if something has been trying to weigh on you, It will affect how you respond in that service. Part of spiritual growth, part of maturing spiritually is dealing with yourself, that you don't sit there uninterested in a service, that you don't sit there inactive, that you're not distracted going through your purse, going through some kind of book, you know, your notebook. Oh, I'm taking notes of, I got to, I got to make a list. I got to get this done tomorrow, you know, and people are jotting notes down. Uh, You have to, part of the spiritual maturity and spiritual discipline is to make sure that when you're around the Word of God, the preaching of the Word, uh, in your church services, listening to something, a sermon, that you're all in. You're connected. Your heart's engaged. Your heart's engaged. 
And this is what God is looking for. Someone who's not distracted by the unimportant and missing out what on what's most important. So we, we need to practice that when we go to our local churches, because we should have a local church, we should have a pastor that when we go there, we don't just sit there and do this, but we're all in. We're all in because the way we treat the word is how the word's going to treat us. God says, those who honor me, I will honor. Well, him and his word are one. How do we honor God? One way of honoring God is honoring his word. When you honor his word, that word will honor you. It will do a work in you. Amen. So how we treat services, how we treat the preaching of the word, that we're sitting there not disinterested, uh, half-hearted, we're fervent. Why? This is my lifeline. I mean, his word is my help. It is my rescue. It is my answer. It is, uh, it is the power of God. It's the life of God. And I'm going to treat it like that. I'm not just going to sit there counting the ceiling tiles. You see? All of this is an indicator. How we approach the word is an indicator of our spiritual health. Amen. That's good. That's right. Of our spiritual temperature. Right? Right. So here again in Romans, Paul is writing and he says, fervent in spirit. Meaning our spirit is hot for God. Our heart is hot for God. We're invested. We're interested. And you know... It's if we're not careful, if we don't stoke that fire, it can go out. That's why being part of a local church, having a pastor is so important because you're around the fellowship of those who love what you love, honor the word that you honor, hungry for it. And, uh, you know, when I, when I was raised, um, in a denominational church, precious, precious people, but we weren't taught some of these things that I'm talking to you about. And so we thought our, our duty was fulfilled to show up. I'm just showing up in church. Really, we thought I'm a Christian because I go to church, I show up. I believe God exists. Well, that's good to believe God exists, but you have to be born again to be, to be a Christian. You can't just be an attender in church to be a Christian. The word tells us whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Not whosoever believe he exists. That's the first thing. You have to believe he exists, but you've got to call on the one that you believe exists. How that calling takes place can sound differently. You know, uh, like Sister Gloria Copeland made her, her, how she called on the name of the Lord was Jesus take my life and do something with it. That's calling. Another preacher listened to Billy Graham preach on the television. And his call, the way he called on the name of the Lord to be saved, he said, God, whatever that preacher just said. (laughs) (laughs) He couldn't remember the words. And you know, when you're not a Christian, you don't know those, you don't really remember some of the words like salvation and things. Those aren't common words to you. And he said, whatever that 
preacher just said. God, God knew what he meant. He was saying, that's what I want in my heart. God, God answered. So the calling can sound different, right? But you can arrive at the same place at salvation by however it happened with you. But we thought that just showing up was enough. Well, that's why when I left, when I moved away from home to go to college and I started attending church somewhere else and they taught us about being born again, then I called. And I wasn't born again until I left that church because I heard for the first time to be born again and how to be born again. But even even though I grew up attending church, and this is the point I wanted to talk about here, is... We just thought we were just sit there. We had we we didn't know that there was anything expected of us. We just thought, I hope the preacher preaches good today. You know, but I've learned that it's not just up to the pastor to have a good service. There's three roles in a service: God's part, the minister's part, and the congregation's part. And all three, God will always do his part. But all three must be doing their part to reach the highest flow of a service. So we, we didn't reach the highest flow of those services growing up that we could have because God was in doing his part. The pastor did his part as far as he knew, but the congregation, we didn't do our part. We just thought showing up was our part. But there's more to showing up in a local in a local church to receive just like there's more to showing up uh, to be educated in in a in a classroom setting school when you were growing up and you went to school you did not pass just because you showed up you had to bring your interest level right you had to show yourself interested enough to pay attention to the teacher listen to the teacher interact when they asked you questions read the read the homework do the homework Fill out the, 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 the tests that came. You had to be involved. It wasn't just about showing up. Right. Even so for us, our spiritual temperature requires more than just showing up. Right. How we show up. How should we show up? Fervent in spirit. That's right. Fervent, hungry, yes. reaching, pressing past yes. opposition to reach into what God has for us. And we, we have to come into this also. And I, re, I remember something my husband preached on years ago. He made this statement that went off in me. And that one statement lived with me. And I ended up writing a book launched off of that one statement. And he said the, more, the reason more people don't receive more in a service is because they don't respond more. Meaning this, we can only receive to the measure we respond. The way we're responding is how far we're opening the door to God to work in us. So for us to sit like this in a service, half interested or minimally interested and looking around, God will bless us and move as far as he can, but we're, we're the one that, extends the invitation to how far he can work. Even the preacher can preach a great sermon, but if we're not, if we're only half interested, 
there's a lot of that flow we're going to miss. So if we go into a service hot for God, interested, earnestly contending to lay hold of what God's offering in that service and what that word is offering and what's coming through that man of God, that gift to the body of Christ. If I will, my posture, my approach is going to determine what I walk out with that day. So many times people are waiting for God to heal them when people need to stir themselves up to be fervent toward healing. Amen. That they're feeding on the healing yes. words. Why? Because they're hot for, uh, I, I'm hot to lay hold of. I want the fullness of what belongs to me. And we won't just drift into something that God has made ours. Why is it? Because there's opposition. It's not opposition from God, but the devil does not want you to move into and enjoy and experience all that God offers. So for us to receive something, we have to be interested. And our fervency shows our interest level. Our hotness shows our interest level. And so we need to be fervent. When we're fervent toward, I'm, you know what? I'm done with pain. I'm done with right. symptoms. Yes. I'm done with getting beat yes. up yes. physically. Yes. When I know healing belongs to me, then we're going to have to be fervent. We're going to have to put something yes. fervent in place, yes. feeding on the word, yes. speaking healing verses, yes. saying that's mine right there. Right. And we go after it because we're earnestly contending. Amen. Amen with our faith, for the faith. And then once we get full of faith, we become violent with that faith. Um, The the word of God says that the kingdom of heaven suffereth or invites violence. And then it tells you the kind of violence it's talking about. The kingdom of heaven invites or suffereth violence and the violent take it by force. By force. What force? The force of faith. Not just natural force or physical force by the force of faith. Meaning this, we should get so full of faith that we become violent. That we're violent with our faith, meaning this is mine and I'm not letting go of it and I'm not coming off of it. This is all about spiritual temperature. This is an indicator of how hot we are for God and the things of God. And... uh, the, the experiencing of all that God has made ours is connected to our fervency. It's connected to how hot we are for God. And uh, it's not just how good and hot the preacher preaches, but how hot are we at laying hold of that word and taking it in our and putting it in our hearts. Amen. You don't want to miss next time. We're going to continue along this line. And... Uh, I'm glad to be able for us to hear these things because these are these things are our part. Amen. And until next time, remember this, Jesus is the healer. God bless you. To watch or listen to today's message and other messages by Nancy Dufresne, visit DufresneMinistries.org. We will never receive from God beyond the measure of our response. In this book by Nancy Dufresne, she instructs us how to properly respond to God and the moving of His Spirit. Order this book now at DufresneMinistries.org. This is Pastor Nancy Dufresne inviting you to join us for our annual Ladies' Conference. 
right here in Murrieta, California, October the 3rd through the 5th, Tuesday through Thursday. We invite you to go to our website at DufresneMinistries.org and get more information. We look forward to seeing you there. God bless you. In this series, How to Keep Your Healing by Nancy Dufresne, learn how to skillfully stand your ground against the enemy's strategies and enjoy your total victory. Order now at DufresneMinistries.org. We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at DufresneMinistries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, submit a prayer request, or visit our online store. Thank you to the friends and partners of Dufresne Ministries for making this production possible.